Hello and welcome to another lockdown edition of Keeping It Current. This week we're discussing all about the Prime Minister's statement and we're also going to have another message from him later on in the show. We also have another instalment of Guess Who's Talking and the eagerly anticipated return of Cola on the Line. Uh, J.Q. Reed is also back with his excellent political analysis. Um, thank you for having me, Thomas. Thank you for taking me off with furlough. <laughs> well, it hasn't been extended, so there's plenty of time for me still to put you on the furlough. <laughs> Let's get cracked. Thomas crack- has been looking for any excuse to, to not pay me a wage, and he's found it. <laughs> Uh, let's get cracking then. First, we're talking about the Prime Minister's statement. Sunday saw Boris Johnson deliver his lockdown exit plan or his lockdown roadmap to the country. It was split into several phases and phase one has seen the lifting of exercise restrictions. So you can exercise as much as you can and wherever you want, as well as advice for people that can't work from home to go to work. But there are certain logistical issues around this, such as businesses not having enough time to prepare for a return to work, and workers that have children not being able to get anyone else to look after them. Jacob, what are your opinions on the Prime Minister's first phase of his plan? Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've got to admit, um, it, it does make me laugh, the idea of it. We're, we're all going to be really delighted that we can now do as much exercise as we want and go out and have a picnic and be stung by a bee, perhaps. Um, but I, I, I think, um, I mean, in many ways, uh, I have sympathy with what the government is saying, right? So they've changed their stay-at-home message to stay alert, and it's come into criticism for being not clear enough. And certainly it is less clear. Stay alert is less clear than stay at home. Um, but but inevitably, in a step-by-step approach, you're going to add or change conditions and nuances. And, 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 and so from that perspective, perhaps the old um, saying was, was too simple. What I do think, though, Thomas, is that Sunday night, Boris's big speech, it was really billed as the thing to watch, the thing that will give us the answers. And compared to those expectations, I'm afraid it felt like a bit of a, a damp squib. Uh, no immediate changes, which I, I suppose we didn't uh, expect, but there was a confusion. Are people meant to go back to work from Wednesday, yeah. like when the exercise restrictions were lifted, on Monday, like a gov- uh, Downing Street press release said? Um, and I think uh, similarly he could have been clearer that you go to work if your business was, uh, your place of work was never encouraged or required to shut in the first place, and if you can get there, depending on you know your, your access to other things other than public transport, public transport housing yes. as well as childcare. So I think I think um, that's how I think Thomas. Well, um, I think it was a bit of a, a quite contradict a lot of contradictions in the speech because he goes like he says. Right, we've changed the slogan to stay alert, but you still have to stay home. <laughs> What's the point? Because obviously Nicholas Sturgeon has slated him so much for changing it to stay alert. And the rest of the devolved um, assemblies, they've gone and kept stay home, haven't they? Yeah, and that, that's a very, very interesting. This is where we're so clearly seeing the impact 
of devolution and, and, and policy deviation across the UK, you got to wonder, um, is Nicola Sturgeon, for example, taking a uh, stronger line against easing restrictions because the situation is different in Scotland, which it might be. It's reported that our rate of infection is higher in Scotland, in which case you might say that it's, it's very legitimate advice. Or is she just doing it because she can? And she wants to prove that she's the decision maker for Scotland, not Boris. She likes this idea of standing up to that yeah. big wig down in Westminster. Or maybe it's a combination of the two. But I think the truth is, Thomas, it is worrying the fact that if you're in England, you can drive to wherever you want, but you can't drive to Scotland, you can't drive to Wales. And I think there's something quite sad about that. And, and, and hopefully this is the only time we see it, but you can understand concerns that, 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 that the union is slipping apart. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Obviously, Nicola Sturgeon, you know, she still wants to stand on her two feet, but she's still got to have the consent of Boris Johnson to have a second independence referendum. So. Uh, Indeed, and that, that's I know I know this is about the coronavirus, so that's very interesting because what Boris has expressed uh, uh, very clearly said no, um, and Nicola Sturgeon has rejected what they did in Catalonia, an unofficial referendum. So there, there's reports, um, those reports before all of this started, that people were in the party were getting agitated by her leadership and by her seeming failure to secure a second referendum. And and so so maybe when this is over, maybe maybe those feelings will come back to the fore. There's also been the introduction of you being able to see one person from outside your household, but I'm quite confused by this rule, as it hasn't been made clear whether it's just the same person that you're allowed to see, or that one, um, or that one person is a different person, whether it can change from time to time. It's very confusing. Jacob, what is your interpretation of that rule? My understanding was that it can be different people on different different times. It's just got to be one person at a specific time. That, that was my understanding. But then, of you think about it, you can still have to... So you'll be integrating with one household and then you can get another household and then pass on germs to Although, each other well i think i think the idea is that if you are meeting someone else from a different household it has to be in a park and you have to maintain social yeah, distancing yeah. Uh-huh. um so the hope is that there's no transition no transmission so there's no like things to t- put your hands on or etc yeah yeah uh, because they, they, they seem to think that the uh, the virus struggles a little bit in the open air and when the great cumbrian sun is shining so um as Donald Trump says, the sun kills the virus. <laughs> and so does bleach, apparently. <laughs> um, the announcement of phase one coincided with the announcement of phases two and three. Phase two will see the phase reopening of schools and the phase reopening of non-essential shops. And phase three will see the return of hospitality businesses and the return of leisure facilities. Uh, Jacob, do you feel that this phased approach that Boris Johnson has taken is the correct one to take. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think it was necessary to give um, the people involved an idea, a rough idea of a time frame. So, for example, um, saying that yeah, reception year one and year six mm-hmm. students could be going back from the start of June. 
Um, I think that that was necessary to kick schools into into starting. Yeah, because it, you you can't just say right, you're back in tomorrow, can you? Exactly, you've got you've got to give it time, and, and so I think it, it makes it makes a lot of sense then that they've said uh, these these stages are no sooner than so they've made clear that they can be pushed back, but they've made equally clear that they cannot come forwards. Um, and I think I think as well. I think people just like to know what where where this is going, what we can expect. It, you know, we've been if we're told that the earliest any sort of pub public house is going to open is is this first week of July. That's I mean that's sort of six seven weeks away. I think the 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 vast majority of the population is okay with that. Just so long as we know what we're working with. Yeah, yes. Um, and there, there had been yeah. calls for that greater transparency which have have come through now. And, and as well, it's important because when we know what the government is planning, it can be scrutinised better. We can yeah. have a public debate more and clearly these plans are open. Obviously, we saw uh, mm-hmm. on Monday night, Keir Starmer had uh, an official response on BBC One. So... So he was able to scrutinise that plan in front of the nation, in front of millions of people. Yeah, and I think I think um, a lot of the questions, because, because the fundamental Labour position, the Keir Starman position, is that they support lockdown, they also support the furlough scheme. So they, they, they fundamentally agree with what the government is doing. They, they, they're just challenging them on the messaging behind it of the success of for example uh, uh, getting PPE getting getting tests mm. um, but a lot of the questions Keir Starmer was asking in that address and asking in 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 parliament they weren't big ideological questions or on big differences yeah, they... they were things like what happens if you need to look after your children but you're also being encouraged yeah. to go to work? Yeah. What happens if you're reliant on public transport but we've been told to, to try and avoid it? I mean, I think these are questions that, every, every, that lots of people will be wondering. Because we have seen this week that there's been pictures socially, uh, circulating on social media that there's been packed tube platforms, there's been packed buses in London and, you know, that's... Especially if you live in such a big urban area like London, it's very difficult for you to not use public transport in a way. Yeah, I mean, London is down south. You have so many. You have a commuter belt, so you have entire towns um, where, where where basically um, people live there to then commute to London because property prices are so are so high in London. And so um, we, these people, these people would normally get the train. Um, it would surely be much more expensive to drive. They might not even have a car to drive. And so I think I think it might be might be different up north. Maybe we don't have that same culture, but equally yeah. living in a rural area, we're, we're used to travelling around a bit. Um, but but again, it's one of those nuances. It it, ca- it can't be a simple change from stay at home to <laughs> go to work because lots of people can't. Yeah, and I also, um, and that was what Dominic Ralph said the other day about um, hairdressers not opening until the start of July, July the 4th at the earliest. So, Jacob, I, I, I'm, strugg- I'm wondering what your hair's going to look like then. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I, I, are you going to have... Are you going to get a COVID cut? <laughs> a COVID cut? Yeah. Um, I think, 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 I think,
Right, okay, now it's time for the next instalment of Guess Who's Talking. This is the return of Guess Who's Talking. This is a game where we read quotes out to each other and we have to match the quote with the politician. As we both got full marks last week, we're upping the ante and we're doing four quotes. Oh, yes. Really pumping it up, aren't we, Jacob? Oh, goodness, if you pumped it up anymore, I think I would, I think I would burst. <laughs> so, it's time to guess who's talking. So, I'm guessing first, so Jacob, take it away. Okay, so... I, I, some of these quotes are actually a little bit dark, and I'm trying my best to to make it so that you don't get full marks this time. Um, but uh, we're, without any further ado, here we go. So, quote number one: basket okay. of deplorables. Basket of deplorables. Quote number two: in twenty years' time, in this country, the black man will have the whip hand over the white man. Oh God. Yeah, good God. Quote number three. One million unemployed people is one million too many immigrants. <laughs> oh, I think I can guess who that, who that um, is. Quote number four. When I was younger, I drank 14 pints of beer a day. <laughs> and to, to, to see which politicians they are, one of them was Jean-Marie Le Pen. The former leader Marie of Le the Pen. National yeah. in, yes. um, in France. Yeah. William Hague, um, the former leader of the Conservative Party. Okay. Enoch Powell, former Conservative MP. <laughs> and Hillary Clinton, uh, former oh. First Lady, Secretary of State and, and uh, winner of a popular vote in the 2016 <laughs> American presidential. The first one. What's the first one again? Basket of deplorables. Basket of deplorables. Uh, I don't know who to say that. I think the pints one definitely sounds like something William Hague would say. Uh, so I'm going to go with William Hague with the 14 pints. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, what was the one about the slaves? Uh, in 20 years' time in this country, the black man will have the whip hand over the white man. I think that's... I think that could be Clinton. Oh my god, Doris! Why do you think it was Hillary Clinton? If, 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 you, if you think it was Clinton. No, 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 actually. No, that that's William Hague. Okay. The uh, immigrant, about the slaves. Uh, the. Ooh. Who was, who was the other one? There was Enoch Powell and Jean-Marie Le Pen. Yeah. I um, think Jean-Marie Jean Le Pen is about the immigrants. One million unemployed yeah. is too okay. many immigrants. Okay. So okay. I think Enoch Powell's the last one and Hillary Clinton's the first one. Okay, here, so uh, you, you think basket of deplorables, Hillary Clinton. Yes. You think the, 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 in 20 years' time is William Hague, unemployed people is Le Pen, 
and beer is Enoch Powell. Yeah. Well, I can reveal, Thomas Ridley, that you got two out of four. Two out of four. Oh, which one's that? Was it was it Hagen the Pen that I mixed up? Um, no, so um, Basket of Deplorables was Hillary Clinton. Okay. It was a remark behind closed doors about Trump voters, um, <laughs> which um, which did not best please Trump voters. <laughs> um, you also got it right. One million unemployed people is one million too many immigrants. John Marina Penn, the racist. So I was right about William Hagen the 14 pints. Yeah, yeah. so that quote, uh, William Hague struggled all throughout his time as leader of a Tory party to appear cool. (laughs) So one of his big initiatives to seem cool was he went to a theme park and wore a hat which said William Hague on it. And another attempt to appear cool was saying that when when he was a a young boy, he drank 14 pints of beer a day, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because at age 16, he appeared at the Tory party conference and then gave a speech that they all loved. Yeah, it was absolute nonsense. But he tried and failed to to come across cool. And um, twenty years time, that was Enoch Powell. That was the Rivers of Blood speech, one of the most racist, infamous, nasty, horrible yeah. speeches in the yeah. history of political history in the in the nineteen sixties. And uh, John Marie Le Pen, yep, unemployed. He actually he he showed a great spark of creativity when halfway through his tenure as leader of his party, he changed it and said three million unemployed people is three million too many immigrants, which so showed great initiative there. Of course, someone should have reminded him that often <laughs> either immigrants come to do the jobs that um that that, that people, people, won't do. people don't want to do, for example in hospitality, or they come and fill in the, the skill shortages with great skills to work in, in healthcare like for example we see in our NHS. Okay. Um, Okay. So that I'm sorry that that was so dark, but um, yeah, no, because I I thought it was William Hague, but now I I don't know why I thought it was Hillary Clinton. I just thought it was something that would, uh, something that Donald Trump would have against her in the election or something like that. <laughs> okay, so my quotes are number one: some things never change. Suck up to the government, and you get an honor. Num- okay. Number two. We cannot build our own future without helping others to build theirs. Okay. Number three, I always say it's better to be asked why you're leaving rather than when you're leaving. And number four, I will be ruthless in cutting out waste, streamlining structures and improving efficiency. Okay. And your politicians are Keir Starmer... Okay. George Osborne. Okay. Theresa May. And okay. Bill Clinton. Uh, Theresa May and Bill Clinton. Okay, um, I think the, the ruthless in cutting waste and getting efficiency, that's got to be George Osborne, Mr. Mr. Austerity is a chance, okay. I, I, okay. I think. Um, um, build our own future. Um, that that does strike me 
as some rhetoric that would come from America because they're constantly debating uh-huh. over the role they want to play in the world and specifically a, a, a Democrat who would want a, a more outward look. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I'd say that was, yeah. that was Mr. Clinton. Um, in uh, so, so the one about honours, I presume that was um, that that was about the cash for honours scandal. Um, of course, Ke- I, I'm inclined to say it was Keir Starmer, um, but um, I'm inclined to say it was Keir Starmer. But of course, he himself has an honour. Yeah. And I'm trying to think about the cash for honours. <laughs> was under the Conservatives and Labour. I think it was under Labour, and as a Labour politician, although he was only elected to power yeah, recently, yeah. maybe he would be less critical. You wouldn't think um, it was something a Labour man would say. Maybe, and and he was Brexit Secretary, so to have a uh, shadow Brexit Secretary, sorry. So to have a quote on Brexit might make sense, although obviously Theresa May was running with Shaw on Brexit. Um, Let, let, let. Oh, goodness. I'm going to just have to guess. I really don't know. Okay. Let's say uh, Keir Starmer was the one about Brexit, why and when, and Theresa May was about sucking up to a government to get honours. Well, Jacob, you've got two right, two out of four. Oh, so it's no. another tie. <laughs> okay, so you got. Uh, the one about leaving, I always say it's better to be asked why you're leaving rather than when you're leaving, it's Keir Starmer. Um, okay. We cannot build our own future without helping others to build theirs. Is right, that's Bill Clinton. Okay. Uh, some things never change, stuck up to the government and you get an honour is George Osborne. Okay. I think that's quite a recent quote, actually. I think it was. I think it maybe was Theresa May's leaving honours. Okay. Uh, I'll be ruthless in... He really disliked Theresa May after being sacked as yeah, Chancellor yeah. and not given a place in the cabinet. Yeah, and then he's also editor of the Evening Standard now. And yeah. I'll be ruthless in cutting out ways to streamline structures in improving efficiency to Theresa May. I mean, she didn't do any of them. <laughs> Goodness me. Okay, so okay. it's another tie. Another tie. Uh, another tie. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our next message from the Prime Minister. Hello everyone, it's great to be back on such a wonderful podcast. First, I just want to give you an update on the Sprog. Willie Johnson, as that's what we prefer to call him, is doing very well. But he is disturbing me while I'm watching the TV, especially Countryfile. He doesn't seem to really like Matt Baker. Also, I believe that the government is doing a fabulous job in, in with COVID-19. We have the lowest death toll in Europe, with just uh, 32 deaths. <coughs> prime, prime, prime Minister, um, I just wanted to say that uh, we actually have the highest death toll in Europe. It's 32,000, not 32. Oh, bother! Oh, God! Oh, boobies! Uh, I, uh, I missed out the thousand there. Uh, nobody, nobody compares us to the EU, to Europe. We're no longer part of the EU, so that is why I got Brexit done, because I didn't want these 
comparison saying that the EU is better at keeping people alive than we are. I've also heard that some people want the message that I released on Sunday clarified. So here goes. The message is, go to work, but don't go to work if you can't work from home. Go out uh, whenever you want, but, 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 but keep social distancing in place. But don't go out all the time. Try to stay at home most of the time. Stay alert because the virus may be on your street, across your road, or in your park. But also, stay at home. Yes, um, you can see two people from outside your household as long as you're two meters apart. No, 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 actually it's one. No, two. No, one. Oh, didn't. Oh, oh gosh, no. I, 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 I let uh, Dominic know that there's a flaw in his um, lockdown exit roadmap. Oh, sorry, I mean my lockdown exit roadmap. Now it's time for the return of Cola on the line. Oh, oh. There's a call on the line. Who is it? Who is the call on the line? Hello there. This is um, this is um, Alex, Alex, Alexander. Yes, um, Alexander Johnson. Uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, why is the uh, prime minister so uh, great? Well, I think that Alex, I'll have to pass that question on to Jacob Braid, our political analyst. Um, uh, Th- Thomas, is it just me or does that person sound suspiciously similar? Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, whose first name is Alexander. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Alexander, I, I, are you, are you the prime minister? Of course not. No, uh, um, uh, I just, I just do, I imitate the prime minister. Yes, um, because he's so wonderful. Yes, that's why I had the question. You know, the prime minister. Why is the prime minister so wonderful? And um, um, why, why, why would you not answer this, my question? So, Jacob Brady, why will you not answer Alex's question? Uh, well, I think it's, in many ways, a demonstration of why so many people love Boris and inability on his part to answer questions. Uh, well, uh, Alex, are you uh, satisfied with that response? You, of course not, then, uh, that is him. You're, you're, you're dissing me by saying Boris is not able to do questions. Oh, oh, God, yeah, man. Uh, I, I admit it, I am the uh, Prime Minister. Yes, I, I am Boris, and I, I, I just wanted to see what people think about me. Real people think about me, but I, I did not get an answer. So that is very, very, very not very good. Yes, because I always answer questions that are given to me by the people, and they uh, always, they always give good questions. So I, um, I provide great answers all the time which are always very clear um, as you all know uh, yes uh, so fa- thank you for having me on chaps uh, it's a great um, honor to be the caller on the uh, line uh, yes and uh, I just want to say the Prime Minister is wonderful thank you very much so that was quite interesting wasn't it Jacob <laughs> I mean, always, 
always a nice surprise to talk to a prime minister. Yeah, it's not not something you expect every day, but you know, the prime minister is good friends of us here at Keeping Current just the, drops the odd messages in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does. He one of his favourite of the uh, mainstream media ideas. Yes, I know. Uh, I hear he loves us even loves me even more than Laura Quinswick. <laughs> So I think she's. I think she's got something on him to have the first question at the briefing every day. <laughs> every, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just BBC. feel bad for the BBC that they're gonna cut the license fee. That's you. You, you did not cut me from the line. I, I. I don't. I don't have any relationship with any BBC officials. Just um, just me and um. Hugh Edwards have casual dates sometimes, you know. Yeah, yes, um, yeah, we do have casual dates, um, yes, and then Jeremy Vine uh, comes in and ruins them, you know. But this is this is what Boris meant over. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this is what I wanted to reveal on the statement on Sunday, but unfortunately, the BBC would not let me know about that. The people know about the relationships of their uh, employees. No, so yes, yeah, so I I I'm off the line now. I will go and look after Willie Johnson, and that is not a name for my Willie. It's the kid. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> well, that was very amusing uh, from Mr. Johnson. I never knew he had such an amazing sense of humour. Right, so up next we've got our news section called the Other News. So this segment is called The Other News, where we'll be chatting about the other stories in the news outside of politics, given that there's only really one story in politics at the minute. So, um, last Friday saw the 75th anniversary of VE Day. This led to celebrations all around the country, socially distanced in most in most cases, of course, apart from the Warrington Conga. <laughs> Well, if I can say as well, actually, I was walking along the street on the day, and um, a man strolled up to me and asked if I wanted wanted to drink some of his lager and thrust his half-drunken cup of lager into my face. So um, <laughs> I think he was, I think he drank slightly too much lager by that point. And forgot That's what people do on a bank holiday: drink too much in the day. Uh, okay, and it also gave us a bank holiday, as I just said. Uh, but for the majority of people. It would have just been another day at home, <laughs> really, uh, given the current situations. Now, Jacob, what did you do on VE Day? Um, I um, rejected that drink of lager. Yeah. I, I did the shopping for an elderly neighbour called Alistair, so that was very exciting going to Morrison's. And um, I did a, had a bit of a read. I did the moment silence at 11 o'clock, was it, as well? Uh, um, that's about it. Did you get up to much? Well, uh, one of our uh, neighbours down the road, uh, Nick, the caretaker at Quags, he um, he actually <laughs> made a tank. He has a skip on his drive and basically he wrapped it up. In, I don't know what it was, but he made it look like an army tank. He did a fantastic job. I think it's on the Quags Facebook page if you want to check it out. It's great. Yeah, it, look, what, it looks great, doesn't in, it? In terms of what I did, not much really, just another day. Um, I think I uh, we watched um, the program on B the BBC um, in the evening, where they're all socially distanced. The orchestra outside Buckingham Palace with um, some famous people singing. Uh, I think there was Catherine Jenkins sang "We'll We'll Meet Again." You know, 
We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know where. Very apt at the current moment. And um, there's also all sorts of people. There was um, Adrian Lester, Shane Ritchie was singing, and quite a lot of people. And all they were all socially distanced, of course. You know, that's the new the new normal, as they say. Um, and that's how I celebrated the day. So on to the, some other news. So professional sports has been given the green light to go ahead in phase two of the government's lockdown roadmap. Ooh. But there has been controversy over plans to restart the Premier League football season. Project Restart has hit several hurdles, with several relegation-threatened te- teams wanting there to be no relegation. But there is also the idea that they'd be playing the remaining games in neutral venues to reduce the chance of fans gathering around stadiums. But this was rejected by all of the clubs, as they believe that it would be unfair on teams that count on their home advantage. Later, earlier on this week as well, Matt Hancock more or less said the other day that summer was over. With Brits being unlikely to go on their summer holidays abroad abroad due to the crisis, this will no doubt have a significant impact on the holiday industry. Jacob, do you believe that some travel firms could end up like Thomas Cook and go bust? I want to say, first of all, I love that, um, I love that you didn't ask me any questions on the football. I'll do a Formula 1 next week. I'll do a Formula 1 question for you next week. I also take umbrage that in that news about restarting sports, no mention of Formula 1 at all. The, the real thing that everyone... Wants I, but I think it's because they're more focused on Sports that certainly take place in Britain, obviously, Formula One is the global circus. You know, here, there, and everywhere. You know, Azerbaijan one week, USA next week, oh, and we're going to Vietnam. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't even started an Antarctic Grand Prix, to be honest. So they're going round in little j- like little things going out. Certainly, some of the most exciting races are in the rain, so why not add in a little <laughs> in bit the ice? Yeah, you no, know, a, cr- a crash and your throat freeze to death. <laughs> uh, about the summer holiday fairs. Um, so, um, um, so I, I read this morning, for example, Tui, so one of the biggest travel agents in the country, they they um, got a loan from the German government, so in the short term they seem to be okay but absolutely you you understand the worry that pe- people just like by the foreign office aren't going to be allowed to get abroad uh, by other countries aren't going to allow people to come in from abroad there's a question of this uh, quarantine but if you've yeah. been abroad two week quarantine to Ireland, yeah well people if they if they are working um, at work, not from home, people aren't going to be able the, to take the, an extra the, the thing weeks. I've seen, uh, named journalists, maybe some that I dislike, like Piers Morgan, uh, going on about how, um, how why didn't the government do that earlier when the virus was first here? Because that was one of the main reasons why it spread so far. Like people going holiday to Italy in the half term, uh, people coming from China, as I think it was a student from China was the first case. Now, why didn't they do it earlier? 
Exactly, and I think that's one of the things that, in 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 hindsight, is going to be asked. I think I think it also has interesting ramifications for domestic flights because we yeah. we saw already um, one one company go under. Yeah, um, Flybe. Flybe, yeah. O- obviously, and I think uh, Carlisle Airport recently just opened up last year, but Logan Air are said to be in some trouble, which I believe probably would be true, and yeah, given. I- Given that's just been going for such a little time, it'll be a bit of a bad thing for Carla, wouldn't it? Well, the the other side of the coin, well, the, I think the answer would be yes because that that was there was quite a buzz about that Carla Airport finally reopening. Mm-hmm. But um, the other side is the environmental question. You know, it's yeah. much much worse for the environment to fly somewhere as opposed to getting the train there and in the UK most places you can fly to you can get the trains you maybe it it takes a bit longer or slightly more expensive but there's already pressure from environmental campaigners to stop domestic flights is this going to speed it up is is Chancellor Rishi Sunak gonna look at it and say we want to take this opportunity to uh, march forward on our goal of being carbon neutral by 2050 and part of that yeah. is about not propping up domestic airlines but then what about all of the jobs that would be lost it, it, it's a difficult question but I think it's one that's going to have to be answered one way or another also just to go back on the spots as I'll mention Formula 1 now we touched over it and obviously it's Jacob's the only spot Jacob's likes basically there plans to restart their season they're going to start two races back to back in Austria and two week, two races back to back in Silverstone but this new quarantine rule could scupper them plans due to the fact that they would have to be quarantined for two weeks once they came to Austria and they obviously won't have the time to do that yeah I mean um, unless some, somehow could they get some sort of exemption or could they could yeah. they be tested straight away when they came into the country? The government hasn't actually confirmed, by the way, when the uh, two-week quarantine will because come in. Because I, I think th- it will come in at all. I think he said in the statement that it was going to be later, towards the end of this month. Okay, I and I, I don't know if he confirmed as well. Is it going to be just for, for, for planes, for people coming in from planes, or also by... by I don't know. I, I think it was from by air. I think by it. So, so is there a loophole where the F one teams could come by ferries? They could come on on road. They could go, They on could come on buses. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean it's interesting as well. Which I, 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 I well, I find it interesting. But um, Formula One, uh, the tracks are all so different. Yeah. And, you know, some have lots of straights where you need a good engine. Some have lots of corners where you need good aerodynamics to put it simply and so naturally some tracks suit some teams and some drivers better and so in repeating a race two races at austria two weeks at silverstone it'll be benefiting the teams that do well at austria but do well at yeah because tip, tip, typically getting getting more into it uh, <laughs> red bull seems to do quite well in austria and, uh, and it's actually the red bull yeah the red bull ring yeah and um, lewis Max hamilton has won like nearly all the races in recent history at Silverstone um, so could be advantaging them, uh, giving them two teams an advantage 
as well. Also, just to point out on another rule that came up in the um, in the statement on the Sunday, uh, well, actually, it was in the document on Monday, the fact that golf clubs and tennis clubs can reopen due to you being able to socially distance, but you can only play singles, a singles match in tennis, and you can only play golf on your own, I mean, or or with another member of your household, of course. I think our good friend Henry is going to be very relieved about that tennis. And I mean, I feel slightly sorry for his wall because he's great, built up a great rapport over the past seven weeks, playing tennis with his wall very often. And now all of a sudden, that poor wall is is going to be deserted. Unloved. And I hope it doesn't unloved. feel used and abused and now unloved like it was second best all along. I. I hope it doesn't. Yes, okay. <laughs> um, now it's time for a review of this week's show. It's been a great show, hasn't it, Jacob? Oh, it's been wonderful. Apart from the crushing tie that we had. I know, another tie. We, 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 we added an extra quote in to thinking that someone would lose or win this week. Uh, First, I mean, uh, all week I've been, I've been looking forward to, to finally edging ahead, um, and 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 oh, I need to, I need to study up on the on the textbooks a bit more before the quotes, next yeah. week, Thomas. The quotes. Okay, so next week we'll have a mystery special guest, as well. It's wait for it, Jacob Breeze, if he's up for it, will be giving me a political would you rather. Oh, wow, this is the first I've heard about it, but it's a big fat yes from me. I can't wait to do that. To, to, right to... right out of Simon Carl's notebook. So thank you to the Prime Minister for another great message and to Jacob Reed for his political analysis and his F1 analysis towards the end. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with me, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to you too for listening and uh, continuing to be the core of what Keeping It Current stands for. Okay, so join us next time, where we won't be keeping it cool, but we will be keeping it current. current. Goodbye.